With all that's happening today in Israel and the Middle East, you should be reading Israel My Glory magazine. Now, if you're not already a subscriber, you can get a one-year free subscription of timely, insightful articles on trends that affect Israel and the Christian world. To get your subscription, visit foiradio.org to subscribe. This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katulka. This Easter weekend, as we worship our resurrected King, we want to focus on Christ, our unblemished Lamb. I'm reminded of the verses in 1 Peter 1, where it says, You were ransomed, not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by precious blood, like that of an unblemished and spotless Lamb, namely Christ. Steve, it's amazing to see how this theme of an unblemished Lamb arises from the passage of Exodus chapter 12 which was the original Passover night. And that's why today we're going to study the unique connection between that night God set the Israelites free from the bondage of Egypt and Christ, our unblemished lamb, who freed us from the bondage of sin. But first, the news. It seems as though the White House administration's decision to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is giving other countries the courage to do the same. Earlier this month, Guatemala's President Jimmy Morales proudly stated, in May of this year, Guatemala will return and permanently move its embassy to Jerusalem. Morales admitted that Trump's impetus to move the U.S. embassy encouraged Guatemala to do the same. And he said this, I would like to thank President Trump for leading the way. Well, here's my take. President Morales thanked President Trump for leading the way. And good leadership is exactly what the Middle East needs. I believe more countries like Guatemala will follow the leadership of the United States and courageously state Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Happy Easter, everyone, and I hope this weekend you are taking an opportunity to stop for a moment, and even if it's only for a brief moment, but to just stop and to remember the death, burial, and the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the time of year that we reflect on how Christ's death paid for our sins, setting us free from the burden and debt of sin that we owe, and then to prove that his death was sufficient, that it it actually paid for our sins. He defeated death once for all by resurrecting and walking right out of that grave. This time of year is the year we reflect on the freedom Christ gives to us, the freedom from the bondage of sin. But here's something I want you to see. This year, the Jewish celebration of Passover and Easter, they they fall on the same weekend. And I think it's important for you to remember, Jesus didn't celebrate Easter. He celebrated Passover. And as I was preparing for this weekend for the radio show, I felt a leading from the Lord to share about a theme that binds Passover and Easter together. And that theme is the unblemished lamb. On the night of the original Passover, the one we read about from Exodus chapter 12, the Lord tells the Israelites that he's about to unleash his last plague on Egypt, a a plague that would wipe out the firstborn of both humans and animals. 
So to protect the Israelites from his wrath, God provided a sign so that he would pass over their houses where they lived. Hence the the reason the name of the Jewish holiday is called Passover. God's going to pass over their house when he sees this particular sign. Uh, The sign would be the blood of an unblemished male lamb or goat that was to be chosen on the 10th day of the month. I did some research on why God commanded the Israelites to choose the Passover lamb on the 10th day of the month, and I found some interesting things. The 10th day of the month was actually a very important day of the month in the Old Testament. Uh, Here's a list of biblical events that actually happened on the 10th day of the month. Uh, The Israelites entered Canaan on the 10th day of the first month, according to Joshua 4.19. Prophetically, Ezekiel receives the vision of the future millennial temple on the 10th day of the first month in Ezekiel chapter 40, verse 1. Yom Kippur is a very important Jewish holiday, and it falls on the 10th day of the seventh month. And every 70 years on the 10th day of the seventh month, the the Jubilee year was announced on Yom Kippur, according to Leviticus chapter 25, verse 9. So clearly the scriptures make the 10th day of the month very important. Uh, During the lunar calendar, it's interesting, they would actually divide the month up into segments of three. And so the 10th day kind of uh, moves us through that first uh, segment of the month. That's why many people believe the 10th day was so important. Uh, The Israelites uh, were to choose an unblemished lamb on the 10th day of the month. And then four days later on the 14th, of the first month, the Israelites would slaughter that unblemished lamb. Now, some scholars believe God actually gave Moses uh, the Passover instructions on the first day of the first month, giving the Israelites almost 10 days to pick an unblemished lamb. And then after choosing the unblemished lamb, they were required to care for it, the scriptures say, to, to watch over it, to keep it safe for four days. Interestingly, between Exodus chapter 12 and Exodus chapter 40, think about this, it's exactly one year of time. Exodus 12 talks about the 10th day of the first month when that Passover lamb would be chosen. And then Exodus chapter 40, when Moses and the Israelites finally finished building the tabernacle, it was finished on the first day of the first month of the year, one year after the Passover event. The famous Jewish philosopher Philo of Alexandria, who lived during the time of Jesus, actually, believed that the Israelites were required to wait four days to prepare themselves spiritually for God's deliverance and also to make sure that lamb was truly tamim. Tamim is a Hebrew word that literally means perfect or unblemished. It's the word that's used there in Exodus chapter 12 to talk about the unblemished lamb. It's tamim. God demands that whatever is offered to him should be the best. It should be clean, unbroken, and healthy because God himself is tamim. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 says that God's works are tamim. They're perfect. Job chapter 37 verse 16 says that God's knowledge is tamim. It's perfect. And Psalm 19 verse 8 says that God's law is tamim. It's perfect. It's unblemished. So if God is perfect in every way 
and his law is perfect, and his knowledge is perfect, and, and his works are perfect, then God should expect nothing less of the Israelites who are getting ready to be delivered from Egypt by the perfect God. He demands an unblemished spotless lamb. The blood of the perfect spotless unblemished lamb will become a sign for God that the Israelites placed their faith in his instructions. They placed their faith in his message. They placed their faith in his plan of deliverance. Rabbi Bahaya ben Asher, a rabbi that lived around 1300 AD, wrote this about the Israelites' faith when they applied the blood to the doorposts and the lintels. It says this, Scripture teaches that the one who had perfect faith and confidence in God and was not perturbed by Pharaoh's terror and evil decree, but publicly sacrificed what to Egypt was an abomination and who daubed the blood of the Paschal lamb, the Passover offering on the doorposts and lintels, such one was a righteous person having confidence in God and was worthy of divine protection from the plague and the destroyer. Confidence in God's plan of deliverance is what set each individual Israelite free from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And here's what I find so amazing about the Passover story and the significance of that day for the people of Israel. God would constantly remind Israel that he is the God who brought them out of the land of Egypt. And he would remind them all throughout their history. Just listen, I'm going to I'm going to give you a few verses here to show you how God would use this phrase over and over again about how he delivered them from Egypt. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 13, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from being their slaves. Numbers chapter 15 verse 41, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Joshua chapter 24 verse 17, for the Lord your God took us out and our fathers out of slavery in the land of Egypt and performed these awesome miracles before our very eyes. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 18, he said to the Israelites, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you up from Egypt and I delivered you from the power of the Egyptians and from the power of all the kingdoms that oppressed you. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 36, instead you must worship the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt by his great power and military ability, bow down to him and offer sacrifices to him. Psalm chapter 81, verse 10, I am the Lord your God, the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And finally, Micah chapter 6, verse 4 says this, in fact, I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I delivered you from that place of slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to lead you. Do you think God is trying to say something about the significance of the Passover and the deliverance of his people through the unblemished, spotless lamb. Our God delivered Israel through a miraculous act, freeing them from Egypt. But that was only the beginning. When we return, I want to show you how that theme of the unblemished lamb 
continued straight into the New Testament and how deliverance, the theme of deliverance continues through the ultimate Lamb of God. The cup, the lamb, the bread. These are all symbols common to Christianity, but did you know that they all originated with the Jewish Passover? From our classic video series, Christ in the Passover, you will observe a traditional Jewish Passover Seder while learning the clear message from 1 Corinthians 5-7 that Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And for years, I've been leading Christians through the Passover, and I can tell you, Christians who experience a Jewish Passover are always surprised to find out how much this Jewish celebration ties into their everyday walk with Christ. For more than 20 years, this DVD from our video classics has been a valuable tool in communicating the richness of the Passover message for both Christians and even those who need Christ. To order Christ in the Passover DVD, go to foiradio.org or call our listener line, 888-343-6940. That's 888-343-6940 or foiradio.org for the Christ in the Passover DVD. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking about Passover and the theme of the unblemished perfect lamb that each Israelite was to choose to sacrifice and spread the blood on the doorpost and lintel of their homes as a sign of their faith, as a sign of their confidence in God's deliverance for them from the bondage of Egypt. Now, here's the thing. The Passover theme doesn't end in the Old Testament. It actually carries over to the New Testament in the death and resurrection of Christ, especially this is a great time to be studying this and looking at this during the Easter season. Remember the first time John the Baptist sees Jesus coming in John chapter 1, verse 29. He says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You'll remember earlier Steve quoted from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, which says, You were ransomed not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by precious blood like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, namely Christ. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking about the dangerous effects of sin in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Clean out the old yeast so that you may be a new batch of dough. You are, in fact, without yeast, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And then, again, in the book of Revelation, the apostle John, he sees the elders worshiping Christ, saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain, that same lamb, the the image of the Passover lamb. And finally, in the gospel of John, again, the apostle John writes that even 
after dying a sinner's death on the cross, not one bone of Jesus was broken. It says this, for these things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not a bone of his will be broken, pointing back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, when talking about the Passover lamb, that no bone should be broken. Friends, Jesus has become our Passover lamb. He's become our sign so that when we put the blood of Christ when we put it on the doorposts and lintels of our hearts, God sees that as a sign. When we claim the blood of Christ, God sees that as a sign that his wrath would pass over. And, and think about that divine connection between the story of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and the deliverance from sin Christ provides through his blood. In the same way, doesn't God call us to remember the salvation, the deliverance he provided through Jesus? First of all, the origins of the Lord's Supper, it's Passover. Jesus was celebrating Passover when he instituted the Lord's Supper. A time to remember the broken body and the shed blood of our spotless lamb. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we are supposed to do this, what? In remembrance of him. God wants us to remember that he is the one who set us free from sin. He is the one who delivered us from the enemy and that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been set free to serve him. You know, just as the Israelites were were reminded throughout their history that God was the one who delivered them from Egypt. You just heard a whole list of passages from the Old Testament in the previous segment. Isn't God calling us the same way to remember daily? to remember all the time that we have been set free from the bondage of sin because of the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who sets us free from sin that we might serve the living God. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. Every year my home is completely full on Passover evening. Before the readings, I gave a short testimony about the meaning of Passover. My children played music and everyone sang. The feast lasted until 1 o'clock a.m. and Many of our neighbors, after hearing the music and singing, stood outside listening also. The unbelievers thought they were going to see and hear things completely different from their own celebration, but they were surprised to learn we believe in the same God, and what's more, we follow the real Passover lamb, Jesus. Leviticus 17.11 clearly depicts the atonement. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. The only difference between their feast and mine was that I put meaning into it, emphasizing the Pesach lamb 
which is the real atonement. I read from the Bible and told them our celebration is all about that lamb. This was very hard for them to understand. I read to them only from the Old Testament, such as Job 19.25, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. This was the first time they had heard about the resurrection. Then someone asked the age-old question, How can we know this when no one has ever come back from the grave? I replied, The Lord rose from the grave. No, the questioner said. We don't want to hear that example. We want to hear from the Bible, but not from the New Testament. So I quoted the prophet Daniel who wrote, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. You can have the Lord's mercy. You can have real atonement through his death and resurrection. They did not understand how God could be born, die, and come again. I told them the Bible speaks of all these things. Micah 5.2 and Isaiah 9.6 foretold his birth. Isaiah 53 foretold his suffering. Zechariah 12.10 foretold his death. King David prophesied of his resurrection in Psalm 16.10, and Daniel 7.13 predicts his second coming. I showed them all of these things without once opening the New Testament, because God has given us a very clear picture of the Lord our Savior and our Passover in the Old Testament. I then told my visitors, you can see the way we have celebrated the Passover today. It's not taken from our imaginations, but from the Holy Bible, the same Bible you read. The Lord has promised he will come again, and he has told us to watch and pray so we will be ready for his coming. By the end of the evening, some of my guests had changed their minds about me and we all sang together the popular song of the Passover taken from Psalm 118. It was truly a blessed Passover feast. The impact of Zvi's life and ministry in Israel continues to inspire. Zvi's ministry in Israel actually lives on in his family today and has encouraged many of our FOI workers around the world to continue ministering to the Jewish community. When you give to the Friends of Israel, your donation allows us to advance the gospel of our Messiah, Jesus. You can give online by going to foiradio.org and clicking on our donate link. Chris, as I think about what you said earlier on the program, we're thinking about Easter, we're thinking about Christian communion, and what I think about is how much deeper communion is as a Christian when I partake, when I think about the significance and its connection to Passover. Yeah, you know, the Lord's Supper communion is built 
off of. It comes from the Passover Seder. And, and really, if you ever get a chance to do a Passover, I encourage you to do so because it's full of symbolism for the Jewish people to remember what God did for them. And that's exactly what the Lord's Supper is for us, communion. It's God's symbols, the, the bread and the cup for us to remember the broken body of Christ and his shed blood, our unblemished lamb. So it's such a beautiful picture for us to see as we're wrapping up our Easter and Passover season. A reminder, if you have not subscribed to Israel My Glory, that you can get a full year at no cost, visit foiradio.org. There you can also find the DVD we mentioned, Christ in the Passover. Again, visit foiradio.org. Our host and teacher is Chris Gatolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. Remember, the Friends of Israel Today remains on the air thanks to the faithful giving of our listeners just like you. If you would like to donate, visit foiradio.org.